Hello, family of God. Today, we are going to be going through the second half of Philippians chapter 3, verses 11 through 21. This will be a three-part series, but grab your Bibles because we will be going verse by verse to see what God has to say to us. God bless. Hey, family. Welcome to God's Word, Transforming Lives. Are you ready to dive deeper into your walk with Christ? Do you desire to learn His Word with a greater understanding that applies to your daily living? Do you feel like you're in a vicious cycle of victory and defeat? My name is Amy, and friend, I was so frustrated with my faith walk for decades. No matter what I did, I could not escape the symptoms that trauma from my childhood left me with. Not only that, I didn't seem to experience any victory that I read about in the Word of God. And even worse, I couldn't see it or experience it in my church life either. It all left me feeling even more confused and more empty. I knew Christ was the way and the truth and the life, and I knew His Word was the answer. So finally one day, I got fed up with living in defeat, and I became determined to find the Jesus of Scripture. I discovered true faith in Christ and had to unlearn much of what I had been taught. With God's Word and His Spirit, I have been free from anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, and suicidal thoughts for almost 15 years, and I have learned a tool set to overcome my past trauma and losses. God's Word has transformed my life. If you are ready for truth and transformation, then hop into the slow cooker with me and let's marinate together in God's Word. Did you know I have a free sisterhood community of women just like you? Women who love Jesus and they love one another. They too are looking for that deeper walk with Christ and they love learning his word. If you pause right now and click the link below in the show notes, it'll take you right to the Facebook group. We look forward to getting to know you. Okay, so we are now in Philippians chapter three, starting at verse 12. So the last time we were talking about how Paul was saying everything from his past was literally garbage compared to what he had gained in receiving Christ as his savior, as his Messiah. And even though it's, he is on this earth, he's suffering and he's going through these things. It is still way better than trying to earn his salvation through all his works and his lineage and all of those things. So we'll just start right with verse 11, where kind of ending the last teaching, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Verse 12, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Here's Paul. He said, listen, I'm not there yet. I've not arrived at some sinless perfection and some uh, place of holiness. I strive to be holy as he is holy. We are, that is the standard that God has given us is to be holy as he is holy. He says, I am not perfected yet. I am not perfect. I'm still struggling with this body of death that I carry around, the sin that still dwells in me. You see that 
so clearly in Romans 7 when Paul talks about why do I still do the things I don't want to do? I don't do the things I want to do. And oh, how much longer must I war with this? And he says, I press on. And that is truly our heart is we are not perfect. We have not been perfect. We're not sinless perfection. We're not going to attain sinless perfection on this side of our salvation. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't strive for holiness, that we're not striving for righteousness, that we're not, you know, desiring to be conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. He says, you know, walk as Christ walked, be holy for I am holy. These are the standard that is before us, but it is truly a standard that we will not meet on this side of heaven. Why we must rest in the imputation of Jesus Christ every day of our lives, which I did a podcast on my favorite doctrine is the imputation, because that is what gives us our peace to just know that as we're walking out this journey of sanctification and we are not perfect and we are not, um, you know, doing everything perfectly to please God, he sees us through his son. He sees us through the holiness and the righteousness that Christ imputed to our account. And so if you listen to that, go back and listen to that one, that one, that when I learned that particular doctrine um, in the scripture, it brought so much freedom to me. And that's why Paul can confidently say, hey, I've not been perfected yet. I am an apostle who was taught by Jesus, who walked in signs and wonders, who is writing two thirds of the New Testament, who's going around and establishing churches all over the Gentile nation, Gentile world. And yet I, Paul, still battle sin and temptation. And sometimes I still get caught up and I get snared by the enemy of my soul, by the sin nature that still dwells within me. And so if you hear those doctrines of sinless perfection and you have to be perfect and you're, there's going to be this sanctifying thing that that's taught, it puts a huge yoke like, oh, am I not saved? Am I not born again? Is there something wrong with me? No, there's nothing wrong with you. You just haven't been fully redeemed yet. We will someday get a new body, which he's going to talk about that later. He understands that Christ chose him when he says, I press on that I may lay hay at hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Christ did not come to the road of Damascus and make this grand gesture of showing himself to Paul and then training Paul up and sending him out for no reason. Christ chose Paul for a specific purpose to bring him glory to write two-thirds of the New Testament, to be the apostle to the Gentile nations. He chose Paul to, to be a representation of somebody who was a murderer, somebody who was trying to win favor through the law, someone who was full of pride, someone who had great sincerity but was sincerely wrong and was able to take his life, transform it, and use it for his glory. That is what he's done for you and I, Saint. He has taken a broken vessel, someone who has a sinful past, someone who has done, you know, things against the holy God that we would just rather not talk about. But for his glory, he came to you, he came to me, and he chose us. And he put his spirit in us and he cleansed us of our sin. And he cleansed us of the penalty of the sin that debt that we owed. So that, not so that we can then go and just live our best life and do everything we want to do and just, no, 
It was to bring him glory. What is your calling? What are the gifts God has given you? Why did he chose you, choose you on your road to up Damascus? You know, where you were chasing after sin and chasing after the world and chasing after these things that were destroying you. And yet he come to you and he said, why, why do you persecute me? Why are you, why are you sinning against me? I have a better life for you than that. And you hopefully have repented and put your faith in Jesus Christ and not looked back. And maybe you haven't done that yet. And you can still do that, but know that his, he has a purpose for you. And Paul understood that he's laying hold of this purpose that Christ has for him. And we are to lay hold of that purpose that Christ has for you and I, and the gifts that he has given us for the body of Christ. And also to shine his bright light in a lost and dying world, to show the love of Jesus to a lost and dying world, to be truth bearers, to, to, to preach and teach the word of God to those, to the hearers out there, to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Verse 13, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things that are ahead. Paul understood he had to forget the past. He had to let go. And he had just gave us a whole thing back in chapter three on all the things he let go of. A Hebrew of Hebrews, born of the Israel nation of the nation of Israel, Benjamin, ben, the line of Benjamin, a Pharisee of Pharisees, right? He's like, I let all of that go to pursue the truth, Christ Jesus, my Lord, my Messiah, the one that was prophesied about by my forefathers in the Old Testament. And we have to do that too. We have to let go of our past, let go of the sin of our past, let go of the things that had us gripped, the love of this world, the the, the pride and the egos and the, and the you know desires that the world had us gripped in. We need to let go of our past emotionally, physically, spiritually, let it go so that we can move forward onto the prize, onto the great calling in which God has for us. Paul could not stay bound in the fact that he was a part of murdering people. And I know that was hard for him. I know that was something he wrestled with. He saw himself as the least of the apostles. He did not feel deserving of such a glorious gospel. But he knew that he had to let that go so that he could move forward. He had to let go of any idolization of still trying to keep laws and feasts and festivals to try to earn his salvation and earn favor with God. He had to let that go. That's the only way he was going to be able to see to the future, to, to look forward to what heaven, to, to his glorious uh uh, awaiting him in heaven, the inheritance in Christ Jesus, and also what he had, the work that he had ahead of him, the writing of the epistles, the establishing of churches, the, the, the dealing with false teachers and false teachings. He had to stay laser focused on his call. And we cannot, no runner can stay focused on the goal of the prize of the, of the finish line. If they're looking back, they will lose momentum. They will lose their, their footing in the race. And so he says, I press forward in 14. I press forward towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. 
This is an upward call that you and I have been given. We have been pulled out of the slave market of sin where Satan was just ruling us, using our sin nature against us. We were just walking in this world like zombies chasing after every shiny thing, every sin that was presented before us. We were just, we were all about pleasing ourselves and the pleasure of this body, whether it be the taste, whether it be our eyesight, what we were listening to, whether it be, you know, whatever it is, it was all about me, myself, and I. Paul says, there's such a greater upward call in Christ Jesus. We were made for more. We were made to worship the glorious God of the universe, the creator of all things. And we were made in his image. We are image bearers so that we can go out and love and give and, and serve and be faithful with the gifts and callings in which he's given us. There's nothing greater than serving Jesus Christ. And Paul goes on to say this. This is part of maturing in him in verse 15. Therefore, let us as many are who are mature have this mind and if in anything you think otherwise god will reveal this even to you what's this mind what's this what's this maturity he's talking about the fact that you're willing to suffer for jesus the fact that you're willing to lay down your selfish desires what you, what you want in this life what you think is going to bring you happiness and joy and and fulfillment so that's very opposite of what we hear nowadays we hear that it's all about you know, well, God gave me these desires to be wealthy and healthy and and have all this whatever, or to have these big houses and fancy cars, or, you know, to go, go on all these whatever vacations. And I'm not saying we can't have these things. Everything is for, um, everything that you're blessed with is to be a blessing onto others. And it's between you and the Lord, but we see so many people who are <clears throat> so bound by the earthly things here. They're so bound by the pleasures of this life, the pleasures of this world and the, and the shiny things, and especially in the West where, you know, money and materialism and possessions are so abundant and it becomes our God. Even though we will, we would never say that we would say, Oh no, but God allows me to use this to minister, whatever, but actually it's our God. That's what we have to really have that balance and, and and really be submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and say, everything you've given me is truly for you. Am I using it to bring you glory or am I using it as an excuse to say, well, this is your blessing to me. So um, I'm just going to stay in this. This is what you've called me to, right? We have to be really honest with um, what, we are called to, this is a maturity. We have to sit down and say, what does, what, what desires have you given me, Lord? What desires do I wish you have given me, but are really just my desires. And I'm trying to incorporate them into my Christian walk because I really don't want to give these things up. I really don't want to give up, you know, the things in which you've given me. Maybe I don't want to give up the, the, the big job that takes me away from my family. Cause I'm working 60, 70 hours a week so that we can have 5,000 square foot home. Instead, I say, well, God, that's how you've blessed me, but I'm not able to really be there for my, for my family. I'm not really able to be there to raise my kids or to, to be what you've called me to be biblically as a woman, um, you know, or whatever, you know, maybe there's things that are just taking you away, but he says, this is what separates the mature from the immature. 
the mature Christian knows that their life is a life of sacrifice and a life of servanthood, and that they are to be laying down their lives and presenting themselves as a living sacrifice to God and what he has called you to do and called you to be. That's Romans 12, one through two, where he, Paul begs them, please hear me, please lay down your selfish desires, lay down your life for the gospel of Jesus Christ, represent yourselves and every day. Your life is for the glory of God. Your life is to be submitted to his will. Your life is to be submitted to the things in which he has called you to do. And it's not an easy road. Paul knew that. He, he knew that not only are we called to salvation, we're called to suffer. He understood more than anyone trials and tribulations to giving up all of his desires, including his home country and his friends and his family, to go and preach the gospel to, a gent to the Gentile nations. He was persecuted everywhere he went. He was in jail a lot. He was beaten and whipped. He was naked. And there was times when he didn't have food and they're shipwrecked and stoned. There were so many things. He had betrayals. He had people that started out with him, that were walking with him, that he really thought were brothers in Christ that ended up betraying him and going off and walking away from the faith. And that is devastating if you've ever, if you've never had that happen to you yet, where you have had brothers and sisters that you thought were your brothers and sisters in Christ and, and you, you were doing ministry together and you were doing all these things and you love them so much. And then all of a sudden they deflect. Now they're not even following Jesus anymore, or they're going and they're following a completely different Jesus. They've gone into false teachings and all these things. It is heartbreaking. And Paul understood that. But for the mature, he, underst he understands, he says, listen, that's part of our flight here. Let us who are mature have this mind. You're going to suffer. You're going to have trials and tribulations. You're going to, you're going to count the cost. You're going to give up your hobbies and your dreams and your, your desires. You're going to give up jobs and houses and you're going to give up pets and whatever. I don't know. Maybe some of you have been called to singleness. And so you're giving up marriage and family. Maybe some of you have been called to missions. And so you're giving up your home country and the safety and the, and the, and the, and the freedom here. And the, um, you know, just the comforts of being in the West. I don't know what you've been called to. But part of maturing in Christ is understanding it's not about you. That we start to think of others greater than ourselves. We're laying our lives down for the sake of others. That we're not to be served, but we're to be servants. And Paul's saying, if God has not revealed that to you yet, and he's praying that God does reveal it to you. That he reveals to you that your Christian walk is so much bigger. It's so much brighter than just going to church on Sunday for two hours. It's so much bigger than that, you guys. It's about getting involved in each other's lives. Being there for one another. Mourning with each other when each other mourns. Rejoicing with each other when each other rejoices. Carrying each other's burdens. Laboring through scriptures together. Worshiping together. Praying together. And then going out and 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 be an example to the lost of this beautiful love community that you have been brought into, this new family, that they too can be brought into such a wonderful family. It's thinking of the poor and the ones that are in prison and the people that are hurting and the broken and the lost and understanding that it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you money. It's going to cost you your time. It's going to cost you the gifts that you've been given. It is a sacrifice to walk in the Christian life. And I thank God for this walk. I wouldn't want to be on any other road. It's cost me dearly, but I love it because I love Jesus. And I understand what he did for me. And it's such small token 
of giving up my life for him. And he still has given me such a good life. I'm so blessed in so many ways. So let's mature together. Let's do this together in Christ. Amen. Family, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If it has blessed you in any way, would you give me 30 seconds and share it with a friend of yours? One more small little favor, if you would, head over to whatever podcast source you're listening to this on and give me a five-star review. That would be so great. It helps get the episodes out there to other people who may be wanting to learn God's word. Again, don't forget guys, until next time, it is a crockpot faith, not a microwave. With God's word, discipleship, and patience, you too will be transformed for his good work. Grace and peace, I leave with you until next time.